Good morning and welcome to Tech Central Impact Series. Very, very honored to have Anna Collard on the line again today. Anna is the Senior Vice President for All Content Strategy and Evangelistic Material and Messaging that comes out of No Before Africa. Anna, we've had you on the line a few times and we're honored to have you again. Thank you very much for joining us today. and We very much look forward to today's conversation, quite specifically about cybersecurity and the importance of being resilient in this crazy cyber world that we're in at the moment by being mindful. Well, thanks so much, James. It's a privilege being back here again. Wonderful. Thank you. And I, and I, and I know you've been very, very busy in this crazy world. And there's a lot of, of material that you're sharing with, with us at the moment. And there's a lot going on in the cyber world. And there's a lot to think about. But actually, that's why we had to have today's conversation is because we're confusing often the amount of activity that's happening in the workplace with productivity. And I think a lot of the, the, the susceptibility of uh, ransomware, hack, other attacks that may uh, incur in the workplace are actually as a result of people being a bit too busy. Where do we take this topic and, and, and how do we become more mindful about our engagement in this crazy cyber world of ours. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and I mean, thanks for having me, um, you know, on about this topic, because it's actually something that I'm personally really interested in. And I'll tell you a little story why, you know, I've been in, in cybersecurity for like over 20 years and my focus is creating training content to help people spot phishing emails and not fall for scams and all of that. So that's my job. But a couple of months ago, I was sitting in an Uber car because my own car was in for a service and it was already after dark. So the, the driver dropped me off in Claremont. And while I was still sort of, you know, sitting in the car, packing my bags, talking to the driver, looking outside what was going on, I also checked my emails. Bad idea because in that moment, I actually received a Uber phishing email, which luckily it was just a simulated email that, that our IT department sent out. But for some reason, you know, and it, the email wasn't even hard to spot. Like if I showed it to you today, you'd see, oh, okay, they're trying to put pressure on, on me by saying, oh, your account will be suspended unless you verify your details. A typical sort of phishing social engineering scam which I, you know, I really should not fall for. But in that moment, I clicked on it. And then as like a consequence or punishment, so we want to look at it, I had to take training that I developed myself a couple of years ago. So the thing is that it wasn't the lack of training that made me click on it. It, it was something else. And when I, you know, when I looked at it properly, I thought, okay, well, I did it because I was distracted. And I was in my, what I call my, my squirrel brain, um, you know, doing a million things at the same time, not really paying attention to anyone in particular. And that's when we make mistakes. And the interesting thing is that our IT guys actually sent out a survey afterwards and they said, well, what were you doing when you failed this test? And I said, well, this is really interesting data because a lot of my colleagues, you should also know better. You know, that's our business. We, we train people and not falling for these things yet they still fall for, or they fail these phishing tests. And 53% of my colleagues, when they failed them, did so exactly like I did, not because they didn't know maybe, you know, that there wasn't a lack of training. They did so because they were distracted, they were multitasking and too busy. And that I thought was such an interesting, you know, like 
like case to look at a bit deeper and say, well, you know, but that then means apart from just providing training content and helping people how to spot these things, we actually also have to work on the, the root cause, which is, well, this busyness and multitasking. And um, I looked in, in some further research, you know, it was just not, not, not just us internally, but there was a report done by Tessian, I think, in 2020 that also confirmed about half and half of the cases when people fall for a con or a scam or a phishing email, they do so because they're, they're distracted and multitasking. So, and then um, multitasking, you know, is something that I then looked into a bit more uh, in depth and it really is the enemy. Um, it, it's so bad for us, yet we all do it for a it lot is. of reasons. <laughs> That's the intelligence behind what they're trying to achieve because they are outwitting us because we're overloaded. And that cognitive overload leads to us and as a result of multitasking, leads to us making all sorts of mistakes. One of the things it definitely leads to, and, and there's plenty of research showing this as well, is burnout. And mm -hmm. that's, a, that's, a, that's a major concern. And I, th I think most organizations don't really associate security as a direct benefit to the employee's wellness or employee wellness. But they usually brand employee wellness as productivity or employee engagement. And actually, bringing that wellness and bringing people back and centering people Centering your staff, centering the people that have access to your systems, centering the people who are using and, and engaging with you as, a, as an organization, and maybe it's an internal but also an external thing to a large extent, is going to help reduce that element of burnout, bring back that focus, reduce tiredness, but arguably, and most importantly, that's why we're having this conversation, reduce the risk to your organization by allowing them to think before acting. Exactly. And, you know, that then led me to really look into it from a human point of view related to cybersecurity and what makes us vulnerable, you know, in, in IT or technology, you always talk about vulnerabilities and how do we patch them? Well, the human layer is such an important layer of the defense uh, program. I mean, it doesn't matter which report you, you look at it, it always starts off with, well, um, the most popular attack vector is still a phishing email or social engineering attack. So the the people, unfortunately, and I, I hate that term that they're the weakest link because they're not, but they're definitely in the firing line of the attackers because the attackers know it's easier to trick me. Um, I'm a human, I'm not a robot, than trying to break through sophisticated technology. So when we look at it... Yes. And then if we define it, you know, in terms of, okay, what are our inherent vulnerabilities? There are really three and I'll, I'll try and take them back to the story of what happened to me in the car falling for their phishing email. The first one is the fact that our lives are so much more, like you mentioned, cognitive overload, you know, like we, we are expected to do all these things at the same time. Apparently, if I compare it to the 80s, we get bombarded with eight times more information. It probably is even more. And we, we somehow get programmed to be able to focus here, respond to your WhatsApp, uh, you know, like multitask all the time. And the reality is that multitasking is a myth. It's actually really bad for our long-term and short-term memory. And it can also, like you mentioned, it can actually um, end up or result in, in burnout and anxiety and really negative uh, mental health um, kind of connotations. To get it. The second one is that, and this is where the social engineers are 
you know, really hooking us is by um, using emotional messaging. So by, in my case, you know, the email said, well, we will suspend your account unless you verify it. That is uh, anxiety provoking. It's a low grade form of fear. Obviously, don't worry about my Uber account that much, but it is like sort of, it's, it's a low grade form of anxiety. And what happens is when we are anxious or, or fearful, we still respond or our bodies respond like we did way back when, when we had to, you know, run away from saber-toothed tigers. So the amygdala, which is our fear center in the, in the limbic brain, when that gets triggered, it then activates a cortisol or like sort of a stress response in our body. And that literally hijacks our critical thinking. So a cyber criminal, what they would want to do is A, well, they're very lucky if they can catch us in a distracted state and then activate an emotional response. And by the way, that could be positive or negative. It could be fear, like I had that, or it could be flattery, you know, oh, you know, I saw yes. your profile. I want to, there's an amazing job offer. And then the third vulnerability, by the way, is that even when we're not stressed, even when we're not distracted or multitasking, just by pure efficiency saving, our brains operate in like a, what's called the system one thinking mode or the fast thinking brain mode, where we come to conclusions very quickly that are not always necessarily the correct ones. That, yes. that happens all the time. And, and unfortunately, that's where they then hook us with, uh, for example, a false looking domain. So you might read Uber with two, uh, two U's and your, your quick thinking brain will correct it automatically without you being aware of, oh, this could be like, uh, this looks dodgy. So those three um, realities of being, well, a human or of the human ex existence really make us more susceptible to cyber criminals. And let's unpack it a bit more practically. Being mindful, and I, you know, I, I spent a lot of time trying to be mindful, sometimes more effectively than others. Um, I do meditate, I do do yoga, I do do Pilates. That's what I do. And I find that those are the sort of measures that are very useful to help center me, bring focus to me. Maybe you could be a bit, be a bit more practical to our listeners and, and, and give some examples of how they could be a bit more practical about mindfulness in the workplace. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you can tap into modalities like yoga and mindfulness practices, that's amazing. But for some people, that's just not their thing, you know, and then <clears throat> we just have to remember that there are some very quick and, and mindfulness doesn't require an hour of meditation. Yeah, mindfulness is literally just the ability to come back into the present moment, because what happens when we are anxious, for example, then we are, we are worrying about something that might happen in the future. So we're not in the present moment. When I get nervous before public speaking, for example, then I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a social fear that the audience might not accept me or might not respect me. And that's like one of the human's worst fears is that social outcast. So it again activates a fear response and anxiety. So by coming back into the present moment and removing that story in our head, we are more mindful. And the best way of doing that is by tapping into our senses. So a an, an very easy trick would be to just feel your feet on, on the floor. Um, yeah, but yeah. by breathing, you know, just by focusing on your breath, all it does really is to get you to focus on something that's happening right here and right now. So to get away from your story. Another good technique, by the way, that I use a lot when my brain goes into overdrive because I think I do have a bit of ADD. I try and observe my thoughts from the outside. Like, for example, a cat would do 
if it's sitting in front of a mouse hole and every thought is like a mouse that runs around. And what happens is if you intentionally try and catch your next thought, there's no more thought. It's really incredible how just by oh. trying to figure out, okay, what am I going to, what will I think of next? Then there's like that, that second of quietness and it actually brings you back into the moment. Um, so those are all techniques that, that might work. Another really good one you could do in the office is, and I, I've seen people do it. And actually, I also want to, um, do it is, is put a, a sticker of a black dot on the wall behind your computer. And this is actually mm -hmm. a, um, yeah, it's like, I'm sure you've heard of the, the candle gazing technique where you ask people yes. to just look at the candle flame. We can't really do that in offices, but we can look at that black dot um, for as long as possible, uh, you know, until your, your eyes without blinking and until your eyes are, are tearing. And then you close your eyes and then you try and still find that black dot with your eyes closed and you try and focus it like it will move around. It's quite funny. It will move around. So you try and focus it to keep it on where it was. And just doing that for a minute before you have a meeting, if you want to, you know, dive into a big document or something that will really help. And, and then obviously breath work. I mentioned that a lot. There's so many breath techniques that are actually very simple to do and that really help us to ground ourselves and focus. And, and the, the stigma around taking a breath, stepping back from your desk, closing your eyes for a minute, breathing, exercising, getting out into nature, taking mm. your shoes off and just going and walking over the lawn outside the office. There's a, somewhat of a stigma to that. And I think it's important to you know, eradicate that because you'll find that if you engage with someone who is practicing mindfulness in whatever way, shape or form, and it also applies to, you mentioned breathing, it also applies to eating healthily and exercising. If people are doing that and they come back into the workplace a better more useful, oh, yeah. more productive individual, would you not rather they, they were doing that? Yeah, 100%. And again, you know, it's that, like you mentioned, it, it really is a stigma. It, it's sort of the busier we are, the cooler we mm. seem to be when in reality, and you mentioned it, you know, that all this activity is not necessarily productivity. And I find personally, if I'm able to leave my phone, you know, on my desk and I walk to the coffee shop without my phone and I just literally mm. I walk and I walk that's all I do and then I look the coffee man in the eye and I focus on him and I just take one thing at a time I slow things down and by slowing things down I do become automatically more mindful and ironically I then get so much more done as a result of that <clears throat> a word you used a few times is aware and I mm -hmm. think that's what brings back to cybersecurity be aware of what you're doing, when you're doing it, and how you're doing it. Don't just click, 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 or walk around staring at your phone and walk into a lamppost. Don't ignore the person who's making you coffee. Actually be yeah. present. Yes, and you know, that's the funny thing, as we talk about cyber security awareness, but it actually is awareness of, of life and of the present moment. Um, so yeah. already there's like a link there that I, I, I you know, that I find is quite fascinating. And again, taking it back to, to cyber, you know, we talk about building a culture of cyber security. And generally, I always say, you know, happy people are safer people. If you're mindful, you're more careful. So it will result in less mistakes and less human error. And ultimately, also in, in high productivity for your business in general, and then less clicks, you know, on, on phishing emails. Less of the wrong clicks. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, read, I read an article of yours. You clearly said 
happier, healthier, safer. Yeah. I think in the workplace, that's, that's such a good you know, set of words to remember. And the safer bit is, again, bringing it back to security. Yes. Avoiding making those mistakes, avo- avoiding the obvious attacks. And maybe mindful. something, if I can, I don't know if I, I can show it here, we have the time, but there's, um, because we recognize that at No Before, we, we partnered with a company called The Zensory. And what it is, it's just a little app that allows you to take a, a minute or three minutes breaks during the day. And you can sort of, you know, there's different modalities and they, uh, one of them is actually listening to nature sounds with binaural beats. So binaural beats are, is th- that's music that uses different frequencies, you know, for the, each different, yeah. And that also again forces you to get into the moment. And I do that actually also in front before a meeting, I plug into that and then I just doodle on my phone. You see here, um, yeah. you can probably not hear the music, but it's very relaxing. And you do that for a minute or so, and then your brain actually goes up into a higher like an alpha state and not in this frazzled kind of multitasking state that we, and let's face it, we all, we all do it. You know, it's just the reality of life. Like we have these distractions. We can't run away from them all, but by using these little tricks in between, um, it does help you to get more grounded and, and centered. I love that because you're using technology. No one's had to stand up in the middle of the room and, and, and do a downward dog yoga pose. Or, you could do that. Or any, any, you know, I often do a thing called um, Qigong. Qigong, yeah. A, a movement of, of swinging one's arms. Yes, and that's got, really good. It does, it does all sorts of things. Yeah, look, look it up uh, as, as listeners. It's, a, it's, a, it's one of the most highly recommended body movements in yoga. It, it, it encourages breathing and circulation and it... It releases all sorts of um, toxins in your system, and it, it's 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 how I focus. Um, I did it before the today's session. And you so, know what is so fascinating? Oh, sorry. No, I'm just saying the fact that you've got a mobile phone in your hand, and often you're sitting in a meeting with a mobile phone next to you, which is a bad habit in itself. If you've got access to the, the app Zensory, no one is judging you for standing up in the middle of the room and doing downward dog. You're actually just focusing on something else for a second so that you come back a better person, more mindful. Yes, exactly. No, yeah. I love that. But the, the Qigong part, what is really fascinating about that or, or movement in general is that from a neuroscience point of view, um, when you, and this is actually such a nice analogy that um, Dr. Laurie Rauch, he's a, a, a sports scientist here at, at UCT, and he really is looking into the whole mind-body connection and he actually lost his leg in an, in an accident, and that made him really deep dive into healing in general. And particularly Qigong helped him a lot to, to heal himself. And he says what happens is, you know, if you look at a, a, a like a predator, like a, a lion or an elephant, the way these animals move, because they're not scared, you know, they don't have enemies, is they move very slowly out of their spine. You know, whereas if we look at humans, we, we should also be an apex predator. We don't really have um, natural enemies. We just all look down on our phones the whole time. So one of the best things you can do in the morning, and it, it actually releases oxytocin, serotonin, like, like positive um, hormones or, or feel-good hormones, is by moving your spine. And that could just be a forward fold or or the Qigong movement where, you, you, you know, you're just moving your arms around and... It actually has a, there's a scientific 
you know, evidence that yes. it has nothing to do with yoga. It's scientifically proven that your anxiety and your negative emotions can be um, balanced by doing these positive sort of um, releasing those positive um, hormones. And one, by the way, one mini Qigong you could do even sitting on your desk. I mean, it's better when you stand up is by just moving your arms, you know, like with, with each um, exhale, you move your arms out to the side, you're breathing in positivity, you're breathing out, um, you know, pushing the air away from you, you're breathing in positive yeah, energy, right. and you can just do that a, a few times and you'll see it makes it will make you feel better and more relaxed. And I, I, I love it. I think we've, we're, we're going to create a, a movement I think that <laughs> by, bringing, by bringing people's attention to themselves and allowing them to focus more and allowing them to see that the distractions that we are currently all facing and what is it where to use cognitive overload is going to lead to such a risk in us being distracted that we do need to be cognitive about what we are and are not doing. And I, I love how you've weaved in mindfulness into cybersecurity. I think the opportunity cost of not doing mindfulness in the workplace is huge. And I really hope and I encourage all of our listeners here at Tech Central to engage you further at Know Before Africa, but also just to go out there and explore some of the things we've been talking about, but, but any of the ways in which you, you especially, but also your staff and your colleagues and your partners and your clients can just be a little bit more centered in order to avoid some of the nasty gremlins that are out there trying to attack. So there we do have some predators. So for me, James Rasmus <laughs> at Tech Central, Anna Collard, thank you very, very much for your time. I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I look forward to our next conversation. Thanks so much, James. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Anna. Thank you.